Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. Hey, everybody. We've got the Dr. Dad's coming at you this morning, this afternoon, or this evening, wherever it's at that you're listening to us today. Dr. Nick, what's happening, man? Real good. Bright and early here in Vancouver. Brother, I'm super excited this morning. We've got a dear friend of mine. I've known Chris. Well, we we're acquaintances. Met Chris probably about, oh, man, it's been like 15 years ago. But we got Dr. Chris Zeno on with us this morning. And we're going to get into some really great stuff, but I wanted to talk a little bit about Chris and his accomplishments and kind of what he's doing. So Dr. Chris Zeno is a world-renowned speaker. He's an author, entrepreneur, and man, he's one of my superheroes. I have a big story I'm going to tell about him in a few minutes. Um, you know, Chris won Mr. America in 1998. He's a huge leader in the fitness industry. Um, he's got a great story. Uh, he's a chiropractor as well. I want him to share a little bit about his story today. And then... Chris is pretty phenomenal. He's, he's, like I said, he's one of my heroes. He, he established and runs one of the largest health and wellness clinics in the world, and he sees thousands of patients per week. Yes, thousands. Pretty awesome. Uh, and now he's into some really great stuff. He's teaching mindset and health principles to thousands of people all over the world, and he's doing big, big things. So let's just get into it. And uh, yeah, Chris, good morning, man. How are you good doing, Good morning, bro? guys. Thank you so much for having me on. This is awesome. Thank you. So I'd like to really get into your hero stuff, man, and then let you tell our, our, our listeners a little bit about that. But I'd like to tell a little personal story of my experience with you and how our paths cross. So like I said, I met Chris, gosh, man, we met in grad school probably 13, 14 years ago. And we crossed paths again about three years ago at a conference I was at in Atlanta. And, you know, I was about maybe a year and a half before that. I was kind of delving into some mindset stuff on my own and kind of looking inwards to try to get some growth and improve, improve some things that I wasn't happy about myself. And, and on that journey, I got a lot into ego and realizing that there were parts of my ego that, you know, there were good parts of it that I, that I saw that, that did good things in my life for me, but then there were parts of my ego that I noticed I didn't like that were having negative impacts on my life. And through this personal journey of me looking inwards and trying to, to find growth and, and make changes, I got kind of stuck. And I spent about a year, year and a half stuck in this, okay, I'm like halfway through, but I'm missing something. There's this piece that I'm not understanding to get me where I need to be. And so I'm sitting in this conference and Chris comes in in a breakout session and he starts talking to, I think there's maybe 40, 50 docs in that room. And he's talking and giving his message that morning. And it was almost like that speech you gave, brother, was built just for me that day. That's literally how it felt. I think Nick was sitting right behind me. Was, and yeah. when, when you were talking, Chris, your message was so powerful and it was what I needed to hear that I was having like a physiologic response in my chair. I was like shaking. And I think Nick even saw that, right? Mm. And I remember talking to you afterwards and, and, and we were having this little mini celebration because I finally like figured stuff out. And you're like, hey, you know, go get dressed up. Tell your wife to get dressed up. You guys just leave the conference. Go out and get, go, to, go have a nice dinner together and love on each other and celebrate this. And... Brother, you, you took me out of a place that I was stuck in for, like I said, like a year and a half within like just 20 minutes in that room. And I can't, I, I'm super grateful and I can't thank you enough, but this is what this guy does. I mean, he's changing lives daily, not only in his practice, but with all of these speaking engagements and things that you're doing all over the world. So brother, again, yeah, tell everybody what this hero stuff is and, and how you're changing people's lives. I mean, no, it, it's, it's not what it is. It, it is necessary. It's what I stand for and what I believe in. I would definitely say, I, I, if I could put it into a, a sentence or a couple sentences, it would be, you know, I resurrect heroes, you know, from the complacency of their secret identity. So they may live heroic lives once again by expressing and experiencing true love right now, presently in every area of their life. And that really sums it up for me. And so that's my goal in anything I do. I want to resurrect. So what you experienced was 
the true you, the true authentic version of you that was always there resurrecting. That's when you had a visceral response, an emotional response, because it was what was always inside you the entire time. You didn't need me to tell you something. You didn't need something from the outside. You just remembered. You just remembered who you were and what you were here to do. Very good, man. Absolutely. And this hero is in with all of us. And you talk about, you, you call it the secret identity, right? Where, where a lot of people are living in this secret identity most of the time, and they're not expressing that hero within. And, and so you help people find that. No, yeah, absolutely. So what is the secret identity, if you're listening? So, you know, I have terms that we all think are, it sounds cute. It's fun, you know, because they're hero terms. But a secret identity, it, it's the less than watered down version of your truth. It's the counterfeit version of the hero. And what it does is the secret identity, it, it blinds you of the vision and it removes the permission for you to embrace and allow yourself to become who you were always created to be. And the secret identity, it was created uh, basically from a, we've been conditioned from an imposed injected society of values where society, it rewards, it educates, it promotes and even medicates mediocrity. That's what it's doing to keep everybody status quo. And through teachers and preachers and documents and society and systems and belief systems and media and social media and movies, you know, we, we were conformed. Values are pushed and imposed upon us on what we should do, how we should act, what we should say, how we should fit in. And over time, through the years, especially starting around six, seven years old, when this starts to happen, we start putting on this false suit or this secret identity to conform and fit in. And you wear that suit long enough, you wear that secret identity long enough, you look in the mirror someday and you're going to forget who you really were. And the truth is, it's always inside you. So the torment, if you're listening now, for whatever reason, you feel slight depression, numbness, disengagement, anxiety. Uh, it's, these are all guidance systems. These are all warning signals. These are all cues that that hero inside you is trying to express itself because the, you know, the opposite of depression is expression. So my goal is to, number one, make people aware that they are in a secret identity. And then we lived our lives basically because other people thought this and that would be good for us, but we never really asked ourselves, well, what do I want? What is my truth? And so my goal is to, for, for everybody to express their full truth and do what they were created to do. That's awesome. Chris, I mean, obviously you, you accomplished some amazing things in life. Mr. America, um, you know, busiest chiropractic practice, you know, in recorded history. And I mean, these are, these are no small things. And you went through this, this experience, this dark night of the soul, this, this challenging experience, and you're here now. So you, you were in all, I mean, you were at the top of your game in so many different areas, yet you still had to deconstruct and then rebuild yourself. Can you talk about that journey a little bit? Yeah, on many levels. Let's talk about, you know, when I was 21, I went Mr. America. So I looked away, I felt a certain way. I was covering magazines. I was... Mm -hmm. I had my degree in exercise phys at that time in Orlando, Florida from the University of Central Florida. Universal Studios was right next door, so I got to be uh, the trainer for Xena Warrior Princess show and Hercules the show. So I had a great career going. It was awesome. Right? Mm -hmm. Just, you know, I, was, I was the epitome of what health was, was supposed to be. And a couple years later, I found myself diagnosed with an incurable terminal disease called ulcerative colitis. So if you're listening to it, colitis is basically where it's autoimmune. Your immune system starts attacking and eating yourself from the inside out. I was bleeding every time I went to the bathroom, up to 15, 16 times a day. Wow. You name the drug I was on it, I went from about 230 pounds down to 158 pounds in a matter of four months. And there was no other option but to you know, remove my colon. That was, that was the only thing I was facing. So here, you know, let's talk about that journey. Here, my identity. What was my identity since 12 years old? See, I wanted to look like my dad, right? So my dad was built. And so I want to work out, look like my dad. And so when I started weight training at 12 and 13, I responded well. And so now my identity as a teenager was, was uh, I got my identity and, and appreciation of others and significance came from how I looked, right? My built. And so, you know, when you're, when you're young and you're a teenager and this is like, what are you getting known for? Like you put all the eggs in that basket. So my entire identity up until that point was how I looked and being, you know, not how I spoke, not what I said, just how I looked. And, uh, it was tough for that, my entire identity with the disease to be totally, literally broken, stripped, stripped as, I mean, literally stripped away from me and finding myself just with nothing left, but you know, my, my bare, my bare sense of who I was created to be. And, you know, that's how I got into chiropractic. People don't know the story. It's just, you know, here, uh, I was going to get surgery. You know, my mom already lost two, uh, two sons. This is her third son who's dying. 
And uh, someone says, you got to go see my chiropractor. It'll change your life. And I thought that was such a crock, man. I was like, you got to be crazy. Because I went to like Baylor Medical. I had the best doctors in the country. And I told him so. So if you're listening here, when I tell my story, anything I talk about right now, if I sidestep like this, it's because I'm going to tell you a principle that I learned through a very horrible time in my life so you never have to learn it. So I had told him, I'm like, thanks, thank you. I go, but I tried everything. Thank you so much. And then he looked at me and he goes, you didn't try everything because if you tried everything, you would have had your health. And so if you're listening right now and you're having issues financially, relationship-wise, health-wise, or business-wise, and it's very easy to say you tried it all. And when you say you tried it all, you go into a hopeless victim state. And when he's told me, and sometimes it's the, it's the music you hear, the movie you watch, the person you listen to, the podcast you listen to, something may be said that wakes you up. So for me, when he said, you didn't try everything or why you would have had your health, I woke up because I didn't realize I was a victim. And I'm like, oh my God, he's right. And so that's how I, you know, I went to see his chiropractor. He taught me the truth about the nervous system. He showed me blind spots. So blind spots were in my spine and my nervous system. That was it for me. I had a subluxation or, you know, a 20 degree curvature in my lower spine, 50% pressure on my brainstem. And that was interfering my body from doing what it was created to do and function correctly. Mm-hmm. And that was it. You know, that, that was my blind spot. Another thing. So again, if you're struggling in any area, finances, relationship, business, or health, and you think, again, you try it all, you got to understand there's blind spots. And that's why it's so important to have mentors, coaches, people from the outside looking in to see what you don't see. Because it's never the things you know that get you, ever. It's always the things that you don't know or that you don't see. And so that's my blind spot. And within seven months, it wasn't overnight, within seven months, all the blood stopped. I was off all the drugs. I avoided surgery. And my body healed itself from an incurable terminal disease called ulcerative colitis. And it was in that moment, it was through that experience. And Nick, I'm glad you said experience and, and Dave, experience is because there's no failure, guys, at all. There's only, there's only contrasting experience. And what I mean by that is when I was sick, it sucked. I didn't want to go through it. But looking back, if I didn't have that experience, if I, if I didn't have that contrast in my life, I wouldn't have put value in things such as health today. Like when I was sick, I knew what I didn't want. I don't want to be sick. But then I also knew what I did want. I wanted to be well. And so when you go through a tough time, any type of contrast, any type of struggle, understand there is contrasting measures being got. It's teaching you and showing you, and you're getting a, a better clarity of what you want. So when you're going through a tough time, everybody focuses on what they don't want, but automatically, when you realize what you don't want, it automatically provides more clarity of what you do want. So these experiences or these contrasts, I'll never say I had a disease. I'll just tell people I had an amazing I had an amazing experience because without that experience, I wouldn't have went into chiropractic. I wouldn't have had two beautiful sons that I never was supposed to have. I wouldn't have been able to build one of the largest clinics in the history of the profession and help hundreds of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was 16 years ago. Wow. Amazing, man. And we have so many stories like that with chiropractic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're talking about an experience you have, but you see that up probably every day in your clinic, right? It's every day. It's every day because, you know, you can't, you can't take those things for granted. You know, when, uh, when someone gets there, they're like, yeah, I'm off. Uh, yesterday, a lady said, hey, I'm off metformin and lisinopril, you know, blood pressure medication and, and diabetes medication. And I'm like, um, you're just not off medication. I go, your pancreas healed and your kidneys and your, and your blood pressure is being right. Like your cardiovascular system healed. Like I'm trying to tell like people think they just, they don't have to take a med anymore. I'm like, no, your organ literally healed and regenerated itself. So you could heal. So I want people to have faith in that their body heals. It's not that, oh, you don't have to take a pill anymore. It's like, no, your heart just healed. And they're like, oh, wow, you're right. I didn't think about that. So yeah, we see it every single day when people are, are there's, there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's an equation of life and an equation of death. And what are the reason why I say it's an equation, because it's very simple. When you're living a certain amount of variables that got you to a place you don't want to live, once those variables are changed, automatically the product has to change. So when, when, uh, for myself, I'll use myself as an example. I had a fragmented philosophy. What was my fragmented philosophy? I thought health was how I look or how I felt. That was my fragmented philosophy. Mm-hmm. And then because of that fragmented philosophy, every day I, I, I made errors in judgment, daily errors in judgment on a daily basis, not knowing it, such as, well, if I look good and I feel good, I don't really have to address health, right? Because I look at or feel good. And then with those errors in judgment, I had another variable, which were blind spots. I had damage in my spine and nervous system, blocking life to my, life, to my organs. And then you add time to that mess, all those variables, accumulated disaster. But if we could show someone and say, listen, 
we'll talk about health, but you could do it in any area. What is the true philosophy of health? It's, it's 100% function of your body. Okay, so when I know the true philosophy of what health was, and which I did learn, then number two, my errors in judgment on a daily basis, they were replaced for easy lifestyle disciplines on a daily basis. So easy stuff. I, I ate a little bit differently. I, I got adjusted. You know, easy, nothing, nothing's hard on a daily basis. I, then those blind spots that I didn't know I had, when they were corrected, that's three variables that are changed. Now you add time, it's, it's been a fairy tale ending. It's been my life goals. It's been, it's been a life that I never, ever dreamed of, nor could, could have dreamed of when I was 26 years old. Wow. And I mean, this didn't just hit you as an individual. It's hit you in your family too, right? Like it's your, it's your family that saw this transformation that you went through. And I actually, I saw some video of you when you, when you like literally were stripped clean of, you know, the, the muscle, the, 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 the physique that you had. Yep. And man, you look like a different guy completely. So, I mean, when, when Chris is speaking here about this, literally physiologically, he was a different guy. And what he just spoke to with these errors in judgment and time and all that stuff, you literally are rehealing or you're reawakening those areas of the body. It's not just he came off medication. That's beautiful. I mean, that's some serious gratitude for change inside, of, inside the physiology. And you shut down a chronic, like you said, incurable in the Western medical term illness. I mean, that's, yeah. that's unbelievable. Yeah, for sure. So Chris, I have a question for you, brother. So, I mean, you see, you see thousands of people <clears throat> And we, and probably within this demographic of, of these sick people that we're, we're trying to help get their lives back, why do you think people resist the change so much? Like, where does that resistance come from? You know, what I've experienced with, with many people that come in, and even me, is they're on this journey, and it's not working for them, and it hasn't worked for them maybe in 10, 20 years, and they're still going the same direction and haven't thought, oh, wow, I need to maybe change my approach to what, how I'm addressing my health. Why is it because it's just easy because it's mainstream? I mean, what is the, the issue with people? Is it is it like you're saying they just need to hear that they need to have that experience where someone says something that sets them off? I mean, where does that come from? Well, well, the true definition of education is for you to experience something and come to your own conclusion from within. If you look in the dictionary, and Napoleon Hill talked about it, it's, it's, it's coming to an occlusion in your own truth from within. That's true education. That's why Montessori schools kind of have that more of approach. Now, but also, but in, in traditional education and religion, let's put them both in there, you are constantly told what to do and told what to think for years. And that is the way of, of conform, conforming the mind to believe a certain way. So beliefs are just a decision. Remember that. A belief is a decision. What that means is a belief, what someone believes, may not be true. It's just a decision that you believe it to be true. It doesn't necessarily mean it's true. So imagine for you know, 13 years of your life being told this one thing, told this one thing, and being taught this one thing over and over. And that, that was the way that most people gained knowledge or education. But it wasn't true knowledge, you know, knowledge from experience, knowledge from truth. That's one area. Number two, in today's society, with technology, we are so, so busy, right? And what happens is everybody and everything is fighting for your time and fighting for your attention, correct? So attention and time, and everybody wants your attention and time. So people don't have, quote, unquote, time. It's never convenient to be healthy, it's, uh, to be sick. It's never convenient then to start a health program because they're going to get around to it. Why? Because they're putting out fires. They're, they're allowing life to run them. You know, they're not... They're not uh, expanding time correctly and taking ownership uh, of their time. They're letting life man, uh, master them. And so what happens is when they're, they're so busy and they don't have time and it's not convenient, then of course the sell of a quick fix is easy, right? I don't have time, so therefore it's inconvenient. But hey, if I take a pill, nothing in my life has to change. I don't have to change a thing. Because realize like when we think about health, that's, I know that's what's frustrating about you guys. You, know, you feel frustrated because when you really break it down per segment, none of it is hard. At all, at all, it, it, nothing is difficult, but that person feels that change is difficult. They have to do all this. So, of course, just swallowing a pill and not having to take uh, any responsibility over the health becomes an issue. You know, uh, taking a drug is a, you know, or taking, you know, a diagnosis or, or taking a medication, it's a prescription slip to not have to change. It's mm -hmm. a prescription slip to say you don't have to change the cause of the problem. 
and it's I, I would always say it's it's not anybody's fault. You know, I would say yeah, it's their fault, but it's not, it's really not the person's fault because they were taught and told what to think for so long. Therefore, this is just the, the to them. This was the logical step to do. And when it comes to something that's different, unique, even though it logically makes sense emotionally, if something has been ingrained over time, over decades it's very hard to quote-unquote make that change. So this is where the frustration comes from. And then finally, the third factor, which is really the most basic of it all. And, you know, I went through a very complex stage of trying to figure out human psychology and why people do what they do. You know, why people line up at Starbucks and pay for expensive coffee and, and, and why do people do so? Why do people not take care of their life? You're trying to think about it. And I realized it really came down to something very simple. It's because they wanted to. I call it my chop suey, uh, my chop suey analogy from that song system of a downs. They wanted to. There's no, there's no, there's no rationale. You just want to, you know, you want to spend eight bucks for coffee and, and not eat breakfast and wake up early. And you know, when you don't have time for your kids or anybody else, but you want to lay in the Starbucks line. Great. Why? Because I want to. And most people, they try to give a success one on one answer to try to justify it. But at the end of the day, it's just because they wanted to, you know, when you look in the mirror, the body you're looking at, it's the body you want to have. Because if you looked in the mirror and you were so disgusted with yourself, you would make a change immediately. So change doesn't, there doesn't have to be a lot of motivation to change. It just takes one second. So the current state of your finances, your relationship, your business, and your health all comes down to something that you wanted to or didn't want to. But I'm also here to say with no judgment, just be okay with that. Like, you know, I, I don't judge anybody for that. But if you could admit, hey, listen, you know what? I just didn't want to go to the gym. I just didn't want to get adjusted. I just, you know, it wasn't, I just didn't want to. And just love yourself for that and be like, well, yeah, because once you could, you could admit that or be okay with the choices that you made, then that's the only area you could start building upon a new foundation to become better. Because too many times people are saying success one on one answers and giving excuses. Well, you could take personal responsibility and say, you know what? Um, I didn't buy the card. I didn't buy the flowers because I just didn't want to. All right. And, you know, so when you could admit to that and, and, and own up to that, not in a guilty way, but just be like, you know what? That's the truth. I'm being honest with myself. Then only from that standpoint of honesty can then you build the new and better foundation of who you are. And that, that's ultimately like the, the imposter life that you keep you know, referring to or the secret identity. It's, it's like for some reason we've chosen that that's the easier way to go. Uh, less fulfilling or whatever, but it just means we don't have to step outside of our comfort zone. Maybe can you speak a little bit more to that? Yeah, well, you know, when you when you're living in that secret identity, it just it's it is comfort, you know, because you're conforming and fitting in. But eventually, you start going those warning signs. You start becoming unfulfilled, disengaged, numb, anxiety. You start having these emotions, this unfulfillment. You could check off all the boxes too. I checked off all the boxes, and how come I was feeling this way? And I realized that. You know, I was never, I wasn't depressed and anxious, numb, or disengaged. I was grieving my potential the entire time. Yeah. And so when I say that we're grieving your potential, you know, anybody who's listening, you know, ex you know I'm exactly talking to you. You know exactly what I'm talking about right now. You're grieving your potential. I just defined a feeling that you were trying to search for. Maybe some of you were trying to cover it up with drugs or sex or alcohol or distraction or overworking, but you were trying to just look past this void, but when you have to own up and say, I'm grieving my potential, what is my potential? It is the true person I was created to be. And for many people listening on the line, the toughest thing I have to do is introduce, introduce a person to the most important relationship that they have, and that's to introduce them to themselves again. Mm -hmm. You know, we cultivated relationships and we did things for people our entire life, but the least developed relationship for many people is the one with themselves. If you're listening, you might, you might be there. You don't even know what you like anymore. You don't even know who you are anymore. You're like, well, I'm doing this because my mom said to. I'm doing this because my peers like this. I'm doing this because it, it looked good on Instagram. But when it comes down to it, like, you, don't even have, you, you haven't even courted yourself. And that might, take, that might take a long time. That might take two, three, four years, whatever. Like, start building that relationship with you. Un, unashamed. And this is where the pride and ego come in that you were talking about. Because... You need the pride and ego to be able to love yourself to the point to find out and build that relationship with you. And only then when you build that true relationship with you can you give unconditional appreciation and love to somebody else. That's only when, when you can bring the best of you to, to, to any part of your life. But a lot of times it's scary to go there because imagine being 35, 40, 45 years old and admitting, I don't even know who I am and I have to develop a relationship with myself and it's so difficult. 
And that's the truth. And this is why people are floundering in their entire lives unhappy mm-hmm. because they're trying to find happiness on the outside when everything you need, we know this from our, our, our healthcare philosophy, everything you've ever needed is from the inside. In fact, not only is it from the inside, you know, the origin of it is when you were a kid. You know, when we, let's talk about that. Like when you were a kid or you guys got kids, mm-hmm. you know, we were happy. We were um, aggressive. We were playful. We would play all day long. We were, <laughs> we were uh, optimistic, forgiving. We were very loving. We, were, we had a lot of pride. We had a lot of ego. We had a lot of security. We, we, uh, we uh, questioned limitations all the time. Time to go to bed. Why? I'm not, hung, I'm not tired. I <laughs> question limitations. We were closers, right? Relentless closers. My, my sons have closed me 100% of the time. My son has a 12-year, 100% close rate on me. Right? Um, just, just, uh, and kids live in, in what I call vertical time, not horizontal time. We were taught to live in horizontal time, past, present, future. Kids live in vertical time. It's always, a, when's it? it's always now. It's always now. It's always about now. They don't care about yesterday. It's about now. And the greatest question we asked when we were kids was why? right? Why? 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 Because we weren't being disobedient. We were constantly trying to seek our truth. And it's funny, when we see a kid, what do we always ask him? What do you want to what? What do you want to be when you grow up? So we're telling kids, what is your vision? What is your vision? But adults, when, I meet, when we meet each other, we say, hey, what do you do? So all of a sudden, when we're adults, we talk about, well, what do you do is your identity. So what do you would do? Versus I should go, like, we should talk to each other and go, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? What's your vision? And then keep on that kid. But so it just shows you this is what happens. So it's all about remembering. It's all about remembering those traits. When you look at those traits that I just mentioned that a child has, people spend $50,000 a year to go to a mastermind or go to a, a seminar for nine to 10 days to try to get some of these qualities back. And they think it's on the outside, but the whole thing, it's about remembering it was there. It didn't leave you. It's just been suppressed. It's been, it's been covered by that secret identity. And that's the true hero of all of us. You know, it's, it's not becoming childish again. It's becoming childlike. And that possesses every single amazing quality that would give you any bit of success that you ever wanted in your entire life. I love how you describe those traits as a kid. And just like, those are all like factors in building more wealth, more health, more, freedom or love and relationships i mean it's it's the truth right there it's just remembering who, who we are i i can't wait for people to listen to this this podcast because there's so many amazing nuggets in it and was there was there a point for you where you just like uh oh, this is this shit is not working you know was there a point for you where where is that for you because it would you kind of had two parts to your story one is the the challenge with your health and then it was the next was you, you were living your secret identity in your business and, and whatnot so yeah, absolutely. So, you know, here, you know, from this experience I had with my health, I find this purpose. It's just not a job. I find this purpose. We build this amazing clinic. You know, we, we checked off all the boxes, checked them all out. Lambo in the garage, you name it, it's all there, right? And, and, and I checked them all off, but why was I feeling this way? Like, why was I feeling this low-level depression and numbness? And, and uh, I, I, it was just getting worse and worse. And then my son actually called me out one day. You know, I was in my office and I heard him go like in the other room, he's like, what happened to daddy? Just like, but he said in a way, not like, did I stub my toe? <laughs> he saw that this, this man that raised him or this, this, this man in his life, you know, something was off, not on a physical, but in a deep emotional, but he sensed something was off and it took a kid to see that. And I realized, listen, something's got to change. You're right. This is it. So I just took a couple days to myself and I just questioned my why. And my why, if I told you, like, what was my why? Like, well, you know, I want to help people. Yeah, you know, so it was all the success one-on-one answers that we tend to do. And I realized that we, we, we give a success one-on-one answer. And what that is, is it's the answer that we feel would be admi- admirable by people to hear it. You know, it's like, you know, it's the one that you want. But it might be part, partly true, but it sounds really good. And a lot of times you say that success one-on-one answer so many times, you actually start to believe your story, which is, but it's still not the truth. So. I'm going down my why. I want to help people. I want them to see, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want them to reach their potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And finally, just out of frustration, this, this um, uh, unselfish why be- turned into a selfish why. And I said, you know what? I just want to be admired for achieving great things and doing something in this world, contributing to it in a way it's never seen before. That's why. You know, I just wanted, I just wanted to be admired and do some 
awesome stuff in this world. And even though that sounded so selfish, it's the only th- that's when I had a breakthrough, I'm like, that felt so good. And I felt these calluses that were on my heart start to melt off. And so I looked up the definition. I was just typing in on Google, admired, contribution, achievement, doing all these things, right? And then on Google, the, I saw the word hero. I'm like, it's up to hero. And the definition of hero was one who is admired or idealized for courage, contribution, outrageous achievement, and nobility. I went, oh my God. I go like, that felt so good. I was like, that's like my purpose statement. And I was awoken. This is when I, I was awoken to the fact. And I remembered that was a theme my entire life. I was the kid who wore the superhero pajamas. I worked out to look like a hero. I went Mr. America, Mr. Universe to have a superhero title. I beat this terminal disease to later on become a doctor to go save lives. But in the definition of that hero, I realized, listen, I had the achievements and I had the contribution. But there's one very important part of that definition I didn't have. That was I didn't have the courage. Mm. You know, I didn't have the courage to allow myself to truly and authentically be who I was always created to be and be unashamed of it. And when you realize you're living half your truth and half your potential, therefore just living half your life, the other half of your potential and the other half of your life will torment you forever. And that's why I told you all those feelings I had, I wasn't depressed, number any of those things. I was grieving my potential. And that's when I decided, once you're aware of it, just like seeing interference and removing it, and in that moment, I decided to shut down that secret identity, you know, embrace who I was created to be and take this message out to the world through videos, through speaking, and uh, through social media. And in, in the, like you said, in about the two years we've been doing this, you know, the response has been amazing. Uh, people, have, people have regained the courage by pursuing careers according to their purpose, the courage to heal and restore their families, and the courage has given people a new sense of hope energy, joy, and excitement once again in their life because they allowed themselves to be who they were always created to be and do what they were put on this planet to do. Beautiful, man. It's awesome. Well, and Chris, I, I mean, I think it's safe to say that this why has evolved for you over time, right? I mean, you go back to before this experience you have with your health to chiropractic school to building this ginormous, you know, wellness and health clinic, chiropractic practice, you know, you, you've won these huge fitness competitions and it's a giant arena. So you've done amazing things, but it just goes to show that with all this success, you still keep evolving it. And I'm sure like in 10 years, it'll keep evolving for you, right? Like this thing, it never stops, right? Right. Your purpose, your, your spiritual being on a physical plane. And when you realize that your purpose on this planet is to continually evolve and expand, then it makes what you're feeling right now make sense. Well, well, because you think, well, wait until I do this. Wait until I get there. Wait until I climb that mountain. You hit the top of the mountain, you're going to see six other mountains. You're going to see it differently. You're going to have a perception. So it's impossible. It is, it, is, it is against the universe itself to stay in a stagnant position because you will feel the pain of it. And that pain and that cloud moving or, the, or there'll be some type of disruption from not moving that will create an expansion and evolution of who you are. We are always created to expand and evolve and that will continue even after you die. You know, that's like, that's what you do. You expand and evolve out of here. Right? So that, that's the key. When I realized that was my big mistake, I thought it was about boxes. I thought it was about checking off the boxes. So I'm a box checker offer. <laughs> you, give, you give me a bunch of goals and I want to nail them and just check them off. There's something like so satisfying. I get like such a, a release of hormones when I just check off the box. I'm like, yes. So I thought life was about once I check off these boxes, but not realizing that for every box you check off, there's another 10 that pop up. When mm-hmm. you check off 10 boxes, there's a hundred. So when you realize it's okay and that no matter, even though you have an amazing, amazing practice, an amazing life, an amazing job, an amazing life, let's say you have everything that you're like, this is amazing. There's always going to be that part of you that's continually looking to expand and evolve in some way, shape, or form. And so you could fill that. You could either honor that and move forward and always continue to expand and evolve. Or it starts to happen, people distract themselves from doing that. So this is the typical midlife crisis. This is the typical um, dissociated, you know, becoming disassociated from, the, from those areas of expanding and evolving. Then people will go t- towards numbing it with drugs, alcohol, uh, pornography, sex affairs whatever that might be you name it and this turns into uh this this turns into a, a totally destructive but what it winds up doing and what's it do it just it, it sabotages one's life it causes massive destruction and that person winds up why they wind up having to rebuild stuff up again so no matter what you're always going to evolve 
and you're always going to expand. But if you understand that going into it and knowing, hey, these feelings aren't for me to numb, to drown, to cover, to look away, these are signs that it's time that the cloud's moving. It's time to expand. You know, even though I have an amazing career, like how can I be different? How can I do something bigger and better? And understand that those feelings are, there would be something wrong if you didn't have those feelings. And I think a lot of times people are told in society, hey, listen, like be grateful. Um, just settle down or retire. You follow those things? Like we're told that those feelings are wrong to feel. And then that's why we have such a hard time going through them because we think there's something wrong with us and there's not. There's something very right with you. That's, it's, that, it's that heroic nature of you that's consi consistently expanding and evolving. When I see some of my, my favorite celebrities like a Sylvester Stallone or Arnold or even The Rock, these gentlemen are freaking always expanding. It's not about money for these guys. They're always creating. They're creating. Like, like in their 70s, they're creating. They're doing stuff. And they're, they're creating in multiple different areas. It's like your bandwidth, your spiritual bandwidth expands as you get older. So there's, they, they figured it out. That life's not about, okay, I hit this and then I'm there. No, it's like they cannot. They're, they're, one of the purposes of living is to continue to create. So when we realize that we're creative beings on this planet, creative means expansion at every level. That's awesome. Uh, well, I love how you said, too, just with regards to the, that state of mind, that place that you get to. You're either, you can either look at that as going, I'm not enough, I'll never be enough, you know, that, that whole story. Or you could flip and go, something's, something's shifting in me. There's, there's an opportunity for growth here. And sometimes we have to dive deep and getting comfortable in order to, to recognize that this is a blessing. It is a gift that we have to step into. Um, so that's, that's, that's some powerful information right there. Just to shift our mindset. Uh, you jumped in just briefly into the, the pridefulness, the ego, and, and there's this construct that we've all been told that this is bad. You know, you want to avoid it. Your pride is bad, you know, but you're actually teaching embrace it. And that's beautiful. Could you, could you just dive into that a little bit more, please? Absolutely. You know, and what I'm about to see is, again, counterintuitive to what we were told in education or even religion. But let's talk about it. You know, the hero possesses three main characteristic traits, and they only can possess these traits. They cannot have – one of them cannot not be present. And one of them is pride. I know, pride's like, oh, pride. You know, um, pride is this. If you realize the definition, pride is one sense of pleasure and satisfaction um, of, of what they do. You know, it's basically, you know, finding pleasure and satisfaction in one's own achievements or the achievements of others, like their friends, relationships, or, or teammates. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, there's no, there's no sin in that. Or pleasure and satisfaction in the gifts and talents you'll be given or material things that are widely admired. There's no, there's no... You know, just think when a kid was younger, you know, my son, he'll scribble three lines on a piece of paper and he took it to me and he was so proud of that thing because he took pleasure and satisfaction of his artwork. And it's like, who am I to say that sucks or you can't be prideful? So we were always told to be passionate and the definition of passion, it's villainous. What I mean by that is we always, always, there was two forks in the road and we always say, take the passionate road. But the, the word, the word passion means unbridled emotions some synonyms are, are frenzy, fury, um, like out of control. And when I think about it, like, if you just look at the definition of passion, everybody do this, just read the definition of passion. Don't look at the word passion because it's in your brain as it's a, it's a great thing. Just look at the definition and you'd be like, I don't want unbridled emotion. I don't want frenzy or tantrums, a tantrumous life. Like I wouldn't want that for my kids. I wouldn't want that for anybody. But here we were told to find our passion. But yet pride, if I, so don't, so look up pride. Don't even look at the word P-R-I-D. Just look at the definition and you'll see, pleasure and satisfaction for one's own achievement or, those achie or the achievements of those that they're closely associated with, like friends, family, and, and, and teammates. Yeah. Or, or, you know, or gifts and talents that are widely admired. Yeah, that's nice. Like, I would love that. I would love that for you guys. I would love that for everybody. And then you look at ego. So a hero has pride. Number two, a hero has massive ego. And ego is one sense of self-esteem or importance. One sense of self so you don't think a hero, like, so, so when you combine pride and ego, it's like, of course, like if you don't have a sense of importance and esteem for what your mission and what your vision is, if you don't take pleasure and satisfaction of your job and what you've been placed on this planet to, to, to help others, like mm -hmm. 
you would never live a heroic, amazing life. Like, who wouldn't want that to take pleasure and satisfaction knowing that, like, I know my mission. I know what we do. I know what I do for people is so important. I take a lot of pressure, pleasure and satisfaction in seeing people get well and guide them to where they need to be. It's like I have my pride and my ego is the only thing that has allowed me to help people. Hmm. And the third thing that a hero has is humility. We were told we can't have humility, pride, and ego. You could have, a hero has all of it at the same time. And what is humility? You know, it is, it is knowing your weaknesses, but in the weaknesses comes the humility. In the, and still, in the weaknesses comes the courage, right? Part of the hero's definition is they have courage. So how do you get courage? It's through your humility. So with pride, with ego, and with humility, these become what I call hero intensifiers, hero intensifiers. So mm. now we combine that with the heart. So if I take a good a person with a good heart and I give them pride, and if I give them ego and I give them humility, you have a full-blown hero. But if I give pride and if I give ego to someone who has a, a, you know, a, a heart that's not true, we're just going to intensify more of what they are. If I give money, pride, and ego to a gambler, they're going to probably gamble more. If I'm going to give that to a, a drug addict, they're going to probably do more drugs. But when I give it to most people, I'll, I'll pretty much say all the people listening to this line right now, and you embrace your pride, your pleasure and satisfaction, what you do and your mission, your purpose, and you, you, you believe that what you do is important. You don't think, when I tell a mom, how come moms don't have ego and pride? You don't think waking up, you don't think taking care of that family and supplying it. You don't think that you're not important. You don't have any type of self-esteem for that. You don't take pleasure. That's like, you know, so many people that they don't have, because they, they feel, oh no, I was taught, I was raised in the dogma. Anything pride or ego was considered ungodly, sinner, and a bad person. So I swung my pendulum to the other side, which was false humility. And with false humility, if you think you, when you practice false humility, it destroys your self-esteem, your self-value, and who and your value to others, and it destroys your self-confidence. And so that's why we're, that, uh, that was for me because I found my I, I I lived in false humility. I wouldn't even take thank you and gratification from my peers and my patients. They would say thank you, Doctor Zeno. I'm like, no, 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 it wasn't me, it wasn't me. Now today, he said thank you so much. You helped change my life. And I go, you know what I say. I receive that. I accept that. I accept that. I accept gratification from people in my peers. I accept it because you know what? I do take pride in what I do, and I knew I did play a part in helping that person better. But for me to rob myself of the joy of helping people, for me to rob myself of my value, that is the, that is the, that is the one crippling, mediocre status quo, a destructive force of organized religion and education is mm -hmm. telling you that pride and ego is to be, they, they, pride and ego is the apple that you're not supposed to eat. Don't even go that road. Like we, kids, we're not even allowed to experience it to make that, to see if that would, do we really fall after that? Like pride, right? Does pride really come from, like we, we, we weren't able to experience that because we were forced on the road of passion, which is villainous nature. When you look in the movie, who's the villain? It's a guy who's out of his freaking mind. He has unbridled emotions. He's throwing tantrums, but a hero comes up. He's, he's strong. He's confident. He's sure of who he knows his self-esteem, his self-importance. And he goes, and the hero goes, and he, they become a dealer of hope to people. And so that's my big thing, and I will fight anybody on that um, subject that I realize that when you're able to embrace pride and ego in your life, and, and along with humility, and you bring those three things together, you know, <laughs> that's when you come alive. And I know everybody listening, you sing in the shower, you dance naked in the mirror, you know, you try to be like a kid, right? You do those things because you, you, you want to have a little bit of pride. You know, when a guy dresses up nice, when a girl dresses up nice, they want to feel sexy. Like we, there's, there's that part of us that's yearning and crying and, and wanting to be able to have that in our lives again. But we've been indoctrinated to think that makes you a bad person. Oh, and it's so crazy. That, I mean, that was my story growing up. It was always this negative stigma towards ego and pride. And I was always told like, oh, watch your ego or don't be so prideful. And then you'd hear the whole humility like, oh, you need to be humble. And, and that's, that's where I got kind of screwed up as well, Chris, was I got in that place of not accepting that, that those small wins, right, from, from doing well for others and saying, well, look what I'm doing. And I wasn't digging back into my ego and pride because all of a sudden I saw it in this negative nature. And you were the one that helped me cross that, that road of saying, look, it's okay to feel your ego and that pride, but you also have to have the humility. You got to have all three pieces and learn how to have the balance in all three in your life. And I think that message is just so important for people that, like you're saying, they grow up and their ego and pride is what got them where they are. That's why they're successful in what they're doing. But like you're saying, the humility is just that other piece that we need to have. But it, all that needs to be used in the right ways for that growth that we need. 
So Chris, you know, I'm interested in some stuff, man. You know, you're one of my mentors. You're one of the guys I look up to. Who inspires you, brother? I mean, who are the who are the people that that help inspire you daily? Because we all have them, right? Um, okay, and, I, and and I'm I'm I will say some people, and I'll tell you why. But and this is this is the answer that we all should answer on this, and we all get to work on towards this answer. And I'm going to say the answer to be an example. The person that inspires me the most is me. You know, it has to be me. It has to be all because it has to be when I look back in my life and see all the good times and all the sh- all the tough times. I need to be inspired by me, and in that, knowing that it's almost like a David and Goliath thing. You know, just if I could look back and see, you know, what I have come through and gone through in the past, that inspires me, knowing that I can really attack anything in the future. And the people I'm inspired by or I admire are people who do um, pretty amazing things. Like I said before, I just think I mentioned like Stallone, uh, the rock and like Arnold, because what inspires me is not their movies. It's that they don't stop. They're constantly creating. And it, it seems to me that their bandwidth is massive. It inspires me to say, I can't wait till I'm 73, 74 years old. Like they, they recalibrated what 74 years old is, you know, Oh, at 74, I get to, um, be, uh, have like, 18 different businesses. I'm involved in all these things. I'm just, like, like they are, they are constantly juggernauting and expanding. And that's what's, that's, what's inspiring to me. You know, if you find me, you know, some guy's got a couple billion dollars and it's kind of boring, that's not inspiring to me, but I'm inspired by people con- constantly creating and expanding. And in every, it's like, you get to see like, they, they are like, creative machines they can't stop and the more they create the more vitality they seem to have and the the younger they tend to get as they age and so i, I that to me is inspiring and and it always uh I, and i always i only watch people that i don't envy them i don't covet them i don't get jealous over them i just follow them because i'm like man i just cannot wait because at 42 you know sometimes i be, i believe a BS story that, Hey, I'm 42. But when I see someone who's 30 years older, crushing it, I'm like, wow, having a good, good life. Not all perfect. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, that's inspiring me going, wow, I got 30 plus years of rocking it, you know? And, and I'm just, I'm just getting into my, my swing. So I, I, I love that. And that's what inspires me. Well, I love how you talk about the bandwidth, man, because from the moment I met you back in grad school, then I run into you, you know, at a conference and I see little bits of what you're doing all along the way. Brother, you operate on another bandwidth that I think most people would love to achieve. And it's very inspiring just to watch you, but it, there's just always been this presence about you. And, and it's huge, man. It's huge. Thank you. Chris, I want to hear about your your routine. Like, walk walk us through your day, because obviously, like, you spend spend a little bit of time in the gym. But uh, like, tell tell us like how you eat. What like what does your day look like? Okay, so I wake up about four four thirty in the morning, and I have my whole morning routine because I believe the morning routine fills the well. Remember, I was filling the well because if you go through the day and you're pouring out to people, and that well goes empty, as soon as the well goes empty, that's where scarcity, anxiety. Mm-hmm. tiredness and depression come out of when you have no more to give, right? So you got to fill the well up. So for me to fill the well, I usually start with detoxifying protocols. What are they? That could be a coffee enema slash sauna, infrared sauna, because that's just detoxifying the body, right? Do that every single morning. And then, you know, I'll meditate for 24 minutes. You know, maybe I'll, you know, maybe certain meditations, maybe some Dr. Joe Dispenza stuff, whatever it means. But that's just, that's again, filling the well. I'm getting, get myself right. A lot of visualization during those meditations because they're guided. So I'm actually focusing on what I intend to become in the future. And I see it every single morning. And then, uh, you know, then I, I have a vision journal. And what it is I call it a vision journal is because I write down, you know, what I, what I want in my life and what I vision, I write down my targets for today, three to five targets, not too many. I want to make sure I hit them because if I hit my targets, it's winning. It's almost like, you know, that's my targets. And then I, I record during the day, my wins and everything's a win. I'm on this podcast, win. You're listening to this podcast, win. I got like, I, I'm always seen on a daily basis. I'm writing down my wins and I appreciate every win because the thing is if winning isn't a one time or, or, or a, 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 here and there type of thing. To have a win, it's, to be a winner, it has to be an all-the-time thing. So when I realize that every day, crap, I won today. On the podcast, check. Worked out, check. Ate right, check. Did my morning routine, check. Worked on patient, check. Like, so I am freaking winning every day, and it's the way you see it. If everybody is to take the time to appreciate their wins on a daily basis, you're like, 
I'm freaking winning all the time, right? And then another thing I, I collect at the, other, at the end of the day is the unknowns. No one talks about this. This is the most damn important thing you could do. A lot of people think they're stagnant. A lot of people think, well, this is not happening for me. My life's... Listen, because you're not looking for the unknowns. The unknowns are the most important thing of your life. I want you to think of the unknown, which we're told when we're younger, don't take a risk, don't go towards the unknowns. We were trained to be certain. The unknowns contain all the nutrients for your future destiny. I'll explain. Right? I went to that uh, conference two, three years ago, right? You guys were there. You guys were inspired by me. A couple years later, we're on this podcast right now. Ten years from now, someone hears this podcast, it totally changes your life. Uh, and they're, do you understand, like, do you see the unknowns that are happening? We can't plan the unknowns, but in the unknowns, in the unknowns, guys, is where, is where the genius is. It's where the opportunity is. It's where the relationships are. It's where the gold's at. For you, you know, it's where God's at. Like, the unknowns only possess the nutrients for you to create and move and expand forward. The certainties is Groundhog Day. You know, I tell you my routine. That's my routine. It's Groundhog's Day. It's Groundhog's Day. So nothing new. You were talking about you got to think radically different. You're getting this. Well, even like nothing's changing. But in the unknown. So I want to be like, hey, today I have this podcast or, or, or you know, um, something unknown came to that. Or I write these unknowns. Someone emailed me uh, out of the blue. And so I start recording my unknowns because I want to be sensitive that life itself, the universe itself is sending me the unknowns on a daily basis and that my life is changing and evolving uh, fast, slow, some pace. It's, it's like doors are being opened slowly on a daily basis for me. And see, it's all about seeing it. Like you won't see it if you're just focused on how crappy life's going. But when you could say, hey, that's an unknown. That's an unknown. I went to the conferences the other day. Boom, that's an Like you get to see all these unknowns and you record them. And when you start seeing, then you start looking for the unknowns. You start, and then all of a sudden it's like you're getting presents and gifts every single day. Hey, this door open. What's it mean? I don't know, but I'm going to walk through it. And on the other side of the door, you're going to see the next logical step and the next logical step. So this is how all these amazing things happen in your life. And so I do that in the morning. Then I have breakfast and then I'm at work by seven and then I'll work from seven to 10. Then I'll go to the gym in the afternoon for about an hour, come home. I'll do some more reading or, or a little bit of work, just, just personal work because I'm refueling. Go back to work some nights from three to six. And I usually speak either, you know, I talk four or five times a week lectures, something like that. And I come home and uh, I eat, chill, and go to bed. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. But that, that unknown piece, I don't, like we can all appreciate when stuff happens, but who's recording it? I mean, and who's actually naming it? I mean, yeah. that, that's the gift you just gave us. Thank you so much for that. That's, I'm gonna but we, yeah, but we all know it, right? Like, let's, let's go back. Shh, let's go back to when I was sick. So I was sick. I went through this horrible experience right and 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 through there i found chiropractic and then from chiropractic then i i went over here and then I, like do you understand like none of this ever would have happened none of this was ever planned nor would i nor would i forget so a lot of times we have a vision we have a goal in our mind and it's easy to be like well i just don't know how the hell that's going to happen because we're trying to look at the current resources we have and be like i it's you see you'd have to be a miracle but imagine if i said when i was five Listen, I want to be, you know, I, I want to be this when I'm older, but I don't know what's going to happen. And here at 21, you know, I get this life-threatening terminal disease. I beat that. So a lot of things happen. Confidence, belief in myself, getting my health back, appreciate it. Then I go back to school to become a chiropractor. Then I build this massive clinic. And then I build this massive clinic. I check off the boxes and I'm still saying there's something I'm missing. I'm missing. And then because of that missing, I, I, I go through a little bit of a bump in the road to actually create the hero program. And that hero program allowed me to be, inspire Dan Papa, who had Dan, Dan had me speak into your breakout session. Mm. Like, you see, the end, you see how we couldn't plan any of that? Yeah. But here we didn't plan it. But look at the beauty of that. Look at looking back. Look how that was perfectly orchestrated. And here we have the balls or the or the ovaries to say that life's not working out for me. Or like um, because 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 we're trying to figure out on 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 what we see now. I don't know how it's going to happen. But don't focus on the how. You know, just like uh, a mentor of mine, Dr. Patrick Gentempo, He talks about the magic carpet ride. <laughs> It's a magic carpet ride, but it's really nice when you're actually able to see the carpet 
And you're able to see like you are on the ride and to be able to appreciate the ride and to embrace. And when you appreciate the ride, then when you get, you, when you get like kind of punched in the face metaphorically, you're like, wow, this is going to turn into something great. What am I learning from this? Where is this taking me? And you never really see things as failure anymore. You don't see things as, you see things as contrast. You see things as, what am I, be, what am I being set up for next? Mm-hmm. And guys, if I, that, that's it. Like, if we could realize and, and take appreciation of the unknowns and look back in our lives and see all the unknowns that had to happen for you to be where you are right now, the, the most known, I tell people the most known thing is the unknown. <laughs> so, so it's really a beautiful concept if you guys could grasp it and work on it. Brother, all I could hear during that piece was all of our listeners' heads just like exploding because that was like mind-blowing. I mean, that's so counterintuitive to, I think, the default mode that most people are on. Like you're saying, they want certainty in their life all the time. They're, they're searching for it, and they're not even looking like you're saying. They don't see that the power in the unknown, and that's what's actually the catalyst for the change and the things that they're wanting in their life. And nobody even looks at it that way. They're not even close. And I think that that in that that in itself, right there, like you're saying, is why some people don't get the growth and the change in their life because they're just well, I need to, it needs to be certainty. I need to have certainty. I need to have certainty. And then when it's not there, then they don't get anywhere. Like you're saying, like it doesn't have to be perfect. You just got to start moving, and then things start to happen, right? Yeah, and, and you know, and, and it happens the way it happens. Like it's not like. <laughs> It just, you don't, you do, you know, it's like taking a recipe. When you look at a recipe in the middle of it cooking, it doesn't look too good, you know, until the end, the end product. So a lot of times you just, but if you just appreciate, listen, what a great unknown or Hey, and, and, you know, I say yes to a lot of things and like, Oh, I'll say yes to this. And maybe it leads down a road and it, it doesn't go the way you think, but you look like, you don't know what you're going to learn from that. You don't know where that's taking you. So when you just kind of say, listen, this is awesome. And you're looking for these um, opportunities that are different than your certain opportunities. It's always the way to go. I love it. So Chris, I mean, yeah, that was incredible. Um, what, I mean, when I, when I think of you and, and, I, and you came into our conference and you had the video crew and I was like, man, it's like Tony Robbins is here. Uh, you live a big life. You live a very energetic, very focused, uh, very purposeful life. You've got a ton of energy. And, you know, I see these qualities in you that I would see in Tony Robbins, some of these other people. You talked about your morning routine or your daily routine. Like, when people hear you, you might just be, like, so far over here that they just can't see how to close a gap. You gave a ton of, you know, resources on how to do that. But, like, do you ever have a bad day? (laughs) Oh, yeah, no. So, so yeah, so let's – Let's preframe that a little bit. So that morning routine took me eight years to develop. So let's talk about how it all started. So I used to be the person that the alarm would go off and maybe I would get a shower or not. I would like the alarm was just like someone uh, shooting a gun next to my ear. I get up, I run out of bed, got to get a shower, running out. So it was very hectic. It was, I was driven by the day and I would hear morning routines, like you said, and I'd be like, how the hell am I going to do that? Like that's, and it was very overwhelming. So one day, um, I heard just, you know, hey, just, you know, when the alarm goes off, just sit up and at the edge of the bed, just stay there for five minutes and just think about your day. So I'm like, well, five minutes, I could do that. So I wake up, sit there for five minutes and be like, okay, I'm going to go to work. I'm seven to 10. I'm going to do this. And that's it. And you just start kind of planning the day the way you see it. So like plan the day before you start it type of deal, five minutes. And then after about two weeks of it, um, what I planned, I started seeing some things that I thought about happen. And, you know, it, once in a while, maybe a coincidence, and I was like, okay, wow, there's something to this here. Like, you know, it was just, it was happening more frequently, whether it be a person I thought of, I'd be thinking about it and be like, oh, I wonder if, if uh, Shirley's coming in. And then sure enough, Shirley would come in, like little stuff like that, you know, not, not too wacky, but enough to be like, wow, this is, my day is going better. Like having, I, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm the master of my day, even with just five minutes. And then I, st- I started doing that and started doing that. And then when you have one thing down, and mm-hmm. what I mean, you get it down to where it becomes like habit, then you add another little thing. And then you do that. And then you add another little thing. So, so it never felt like, I-, I would definitely agree if I was to say, hey, listen, this is going to be your morning routine tomorrow, it would be probably <laughs> the worst day of your life. But the- <laughs> you could take... If you could take one thing, like five minutes at the edge of the bed, and I want you, instead of you being run by the day, you plan your day before you start it, just that alone will make 
tremendous. Uh, and then after a while, because you see it is effective. And when we see something's working and we're getting good at it, we want to do more of it, right? So then I'm like, ooh, I like that. So maybe can I upgrade my morning routine? Can I upgrade my morning routine? And so because I knew it was so beneficial, so important, I realized that the days I didn't do it, you're right, the bad days I have are the days I didn't do it for whatever reason. You know, I got busy or lazy. I would be like, wow, today was way different because I didn't do my morning routine. And so then now the pain of not doing the morning routine wasn't worth the uh, the pain of not doing of doing it. So I was like, no, I'm going to do it because I don't I don't like the way I felt and how the day went. So then over see over time you start to appreciate it and like again you start to do the things you want to do. So all of a sudden you want to wake up earlier. You want to. Uh, allow enough time to do your things and have your little rituals because you want to be at your A game at all times. So that's why, uh, you know, I do that morning routine. So when I do have a day of contrast, you know, it's not a bad, it's just a day of contrast. I'm prepared for it. And then when you're like, you know, Nick, when something happens and I have stuff happen every day, you know, it's like when something happens, I just, my, my first question is this, when something you don't like happens, you just got to automatically go to this. What do I learn from this? Okay. What can we learn from this? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, I should have did this. I should have took responsibility there. Okay. What do I have to change? Got it. Because you want to learn as quick as possible so it doesn't happen again. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I, I'm, I'll huddle with my team. I'm like, all right, guys, this just happened. Um, and we're huddling. What, what do we got to learn? Okay. I take responsibility for this. I should have win. Okay. I'm sorry. I was lazy. Uh, how about we do this? How about we do this next time? Sound good? Good. All right. Awesome. So with that, that, that rough bump in the road becomes an amazing teaching moment. And, uh, and, but that only happens when your well is filled. So if my well was empty mm -hmm. and something happened, then I'd panic. I'd get, I'd micromanage. I get angry at the staff. I, I wouldn't take personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's so important to have that morning day. So if it means five minutes in the morning, everybody's got five minutes. It's perfect. So you're, um, I mean, obviously you're, 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 you're back, you're on you're top of your game. You're, you're feeling amazing. You're doing your morning routine, you're doing all those things. What's, what's next for you? I mean, you've got, we're going to talk at the end about a home play assignment for our listeners, um, for online and whatnot. I mean, you, it's, it's all about impact for you. So what's, what's sort of next? I mean, what's next? the next thing for me, um, I'm kind of going through a little transition point in my life right now. And the transition point is like, I, like we said, it's, you know, you put a recipe into the oven it doesn't look too good right now. <laughs> I mean, you know, like it's it's yeah. not that. So I'm in a transition zone, you know, right now with what's going on, and I'm working some things out myself. But things are lining up; those unknowns are lining up. Where you know, when we have this conversation, I'll be able to look back and be like, remember, I told you I was just kind of in that mm -hmm. not fully set mode. Well, this is what was going on, and this is what it came out to be, which is great. So, um, what's next is you know, I'm looking at a, a couple different options. Honestly, for me is, you know, I would like to be able to create uh, certain business and stuff where it's not uh, Chris dependent. You know, like in my practice, I lay hands on people. You know, it's me that does the service. But to be able to get involved in other opportunities where it's reproducible, digitizable, and, and I don't have to be in one location all the time. And so that's that. So we're working on that stuff. So, but whatever it is, it's going to be big. It's going to be massive. And chances are, it's going to be something I have no idea about right now. It's going to just come across my, my way and I'm going to say yes to it. And it's going to turn out to be really good. And you know, that's how it works. <laughs> so, so. Well, it's, it's cool. I mean, and, and how you speak to it, because someone who's in change can go, oh, change sucks. It's hard whatever. I love how you call it contract. It's just like, it's just another way of looking. It's just a different perspective. And, and taking responsibility to right. um, amazing pieces there. Um, so I, the other the other thing I wanted to to to, uh, to touch on just before we get into the home play stuff is just you know we we talked about sort of the disease care kind of model. Um, do you see a change in healthcare in a bigger sense happening so that we can like the healthcare will start to embrace some more of these like concepts and, and lifestyle strategies like well, chiropractic, naturopathic, alternative medicine, do you think do you see it becoming a bigger, more integrated part of, of future healthcare? Because, I mean, let's be honest, people are frustrated with the system. So, and I know it's different in Canada here than it is down there, but what do you see for the future of healthcare? Well, I, definitely, I mean, it's even in, I've been practiced 13 years, everybody has a different look on covering symptoms anymore. They just, you know, mm -hmm. you know it just, see, 
the truth is like a lion. You never have to defend it. You let it loose and it defends itself. So just a matter of time, guys. Like it's a matter of time when a system that doesn't work doesn't work. And you know, it's a system when people realize this isn't working for me. Mm-hmm. And so, and then, like I said, I love that. That's why I love that quote. The truth's like a lion. You just let that, like, it's not up to me. You just let it out and you just tell you, you tell your, sorry about this. Um, you, you tell your truth. Hold on, guys. You, t- you just tell your truth. You just tell your truth mm-hmm. and uh, people get it. You know, you'll lead people to where they need to be. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to close it off, but we're going to send some people off with some home play. Uh, there's so many nuggets in this podcast. I, I'm going to go back and listen to it probably three, four times just to get more of the, the Chris Zeno imprint in, in my brain, in my heart. So thank you brother, for everything you shared today. Um, but we, we want people to know how they can find you. And so you've got your, your website, drzeno.com. And then you've got uh, this I Am Hero project. Yeah. Can you talk about the I Am Hero project? Yeah, go to IamHero.com uh, forward slash register. I have a, a free really kick-butt masterclass for you guys. It kind of goes more into depth of some of the concepts we talked about. And uh, it's great. You definitely want to check that out. We go over, again, everything we talked about. It'll, it'll give you principles that you can start applying today and start winning today. If you go to Instagram, it's at, at Dr. Zaino, D-R-Z-A-I-N-O. I have a lot of content there on a daily basis. And remember, it's a, you know, I, I appreciate your time because time's the greatest um, commodity we have. So I may get that any bit of my content, even if it's a minute or if it's just a picture with some quotes on it, it's going to shift your consciousness in the right direction, whether it be one or 2% every single day. I answer all my comments. I, I read all my DMs. You know, you're, you're always getting uh, in touch with me and we, we give you amazing content on a daily basis. So just be engaged. You know, you have access to me and we could keep this conversation going. But probably the best thing I have for you is if you go to IamHero.com forward slash register, uh, that masterclass I made for you guys, you really, really enjoy it for sure. So that's, that's your home play, everybody. I want you guys to get on there like he's talking, kind of go through that process. And then like he's saying, you guys got a lot of really good nuggets today. But follow Chris on, on all of his uh, social media. He's on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, Twitter. I myself get on there almost every week and watch one of his little nuggets that he gives. And like he's saying, it, it'll level you up that 2% that maybe you need to just hear that that day. But uh, listen to his wisdom, his influence, his greatness, and he will take you places, man. That influence is amazing. Chris, thank you so much, brother, for your time. This was phenomenal. Had a blast. Nick? Yeah, thanks so much, Chris. It's, I mean, and we said this, I don't think we said this yet on this podcast. When Dave and I were putting together a podcast, we said, you know, we need to, we need to fire off our podcast with bringing Chris on. No, we're, now we're like 13 episodes in. You're number 13. Lucky number 13. I love it. <laughs> and like you say the unknown right like we little did we know that we'd be here like maybe a year and a half after that so it's beautiful brother thank you so much chris thank, thank you so much guys i appreciate you god bless you guys god bless man. thanks for listening if you enjoyed today's podcast please be sure to subscribe to the dr dads and share with your family and friends you can also follow and interact with dr nick and dr david on facebook and instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness be well